Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Why don't we go ahead and get started? Uh, the reason I wanted to get the offering out of the way, or not that it's um, um, I was treating it with uh, less importance, um, but but I want to make sure that none of what I want to speak to you about today comes across like, well, you know, he's trying to get an offering. We're not taking up another offering here today. It's not what we're doing. I just want to, if you will allow me, how many of you realise that uh, we, don't, we don't really talk about the subject of finances a whole lot yet at the church? How many of you, anybody in the house? Um, it's not because it's not because we um, we we're afraid of talking about it. I like, in fact, I'm very much the person that will talk about the elephant in the room because many people will go about living their whole life but will never be challenged. And there's a big old elephant in the room that we need to deal with, but we never talk about it. So I'm not afraid of talking about the subject of finances, but. And in what I'm, I was about to say, unfortunately, it's not unfortunately, reverse. That was just me going in reverse. Um, we are, we're bringing up, it's going to be incorporated in what I have to share with you today because I'm wanting to talk to you about the subject of honour. Somebody say honour. Somebody say honour. Okay, so honour is a pretty big deal. Honour honor is, is a pretty big deal. I've spoken on the subject from a different angle before. Um, honour is a pretty big deal because uh, it, 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 it really uh, has the ability to um, enhance your life or uh, take or, or, or not get you to propel uh, as far forward as God wants you to go in Him. Are you with me? Are you following me right now? What I mean by that is Jesus, how many of you realise the Bible says Jesus, and I'm just touching, I haven't even started to get into it and, I, and I've got to watch my time because I want to get into what I want to share with you this morning. Um, Jesus could do no mighty work in Nazareth because of their doubt and unbelief. And if you look at that portion of Scripture, you'll actually see um, that the Bible actually says that they continue to say, is this not the carpenter's son? In other words, they were familiar with Jesus and they became over familiar. They became so familiar with Him that they could not receive from Him because they did not recognise Him in the purpose and destiny to which He was called. I mean, here He is, 100% God, 100% man walking in bodily form. They've been around Him their entire life, but yet they never received. They could. The Bible says He could do no mighty work because of their doubt and unbelief. Why? Because they could not partake of the anointing on His life because they only recognised him in his humanity. See, see, honor, honor will allow you to tap into the anointing and the call and the gift on somebody's life. Say that with me. Honor will allow me to partake of the gift and the anointing on somebody's life. So when I don't honour or I am in doubt and unbelief, or in other words, 
I have overstepped my boundaries and I see you no longer as somebody I can receive from anymore. Why? And usually that happens. You see, uh, uh, the, the sad part is, 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 is that happens is when, when, when there's a lot of rubbing of shoulders and then we get to know each other so, so well. We become buddies, we become friends. And all of a sudden now, when the moment comes to bring correction or the moment comes to help you grow, the moment comes to where to where that anointing and the capacity to which it was sent begins to speak we begin to reject because why we're not receiving from the anointing like we initially did but now we are in the position of becoming too familiar we've entered into doubt and unbelief and the anointing cannot work where there is familiarity doubt and unbelief because honor has left the room are you with me When I spoke about the subject of honour before, and by the way, listen, let me just go ahead and say this. There's no hidden message. There's no subliminal anything going on here today other than I'm speaking the Word of the Lord that the Lord wants me to speak to you as a body of believers here today. Amen? Checking the temperature in the room right now. When da- and, and, and let me just tap into this really quickly. Then I'm going to start with what I want to start with. When I spoke about the subject of honour in the past, I also brought up the fact that David, obviously we understand, was a man who, um, the Lord actually said, he's a man after my own heart. And the Bible talks about him in the book of 2 Samuel, I believe it's chapter 5 or 6, somewhere around there. You can, you know, it's either one of those two. The point is, is that Sam, uh, uh, um, uh, David is wanting to restore the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. All right. And uh, they go to get the Ark. And one of the two guys, there's Uzzah and Ahio, not like the state. Um, Uzzah actually reaches out while they're taking the ark. David arrives with all of his men to, to worship into worship the glory, the ark of the covenant into Jerusalem. And Uzzah, as the ark is falling, puts out his hands to reach it and he had become familiar. It was in his house. It's okay. Nobody else dared to touch it. Uzzah reaches out. It's okay, everybody. Boys, I got this. Boom, and he breathes his last breath and he dies. Now, I'm not preaching a message that anybody's gonna die here today. I am just trying to tell you is that familiarity and lack of honour brought him a certain result. And David was irritated and upset about the whole thing. So what does David do? He puts everything on hold and then he comes back. But the next time, how many of you realise that the fear of Almighty God came upon them all? Amen. Would you believe, would you say that would be accurate? Yes. The fear of the Lord came on them. So I bet you nobody up was lining to even try to pick up the ark. Are you with me? David was like, you, you, you. And everybody's like, Phew. You know, uh, this is very appropriate for this, e- this area, but every one of them win. No, I'm just joking. All right. 
So they all gathered now, but now there's 30,000 men, there's musicians. I mean, and then they're sacrificing every six feet. Why? Because they don't want anybody else to die. And the fear of the Lord, there is a healthy, there is no familiarity. It's God, you are glorious. God, you are the creator of heaven and earth. We're gonna worship you. We're gonna kill an animal every six paces and we're gonna worship before you. And then we're gonna take the ark and then we're gonna move six paces and we're gonna do it all over again until we get the ark into Jerusalem, which by the way, David's heart was to honour God. God. God, David was a man of much blood. He was a man who shed a lot of blood. And in David was the blueprints for Solomon's temple. But God said to David, you're not gonna build a temple, Solomon's gonna build him. In other words, the temple was being built to house the glory of God. So there was honour and there was no familiarity in any of the heart of David. Are you with me? So let's say honour. Honour opens up the door for the supernatural. Honour opens up the door for the anointing to go to work. This is not like a works thing that I'm declaring to you uh, of everything that I can do, 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 do. Rather, it's a posture of the fear of the Lord. It's a posture of the reverence of God. The fear of the Lord isn't the, I'm afraid of God. It's the, I love you so much. I am in awe of who you are. Thank you. It is a perpetual consciousness of reverencing Him. Are you with me? So, so honour is an, somebody say honour is important. Matthew chapter number two, verse one through three. We can go ahead and start there. I'm gonna try and go through here as quickly as possible. I'm gonna read really fast. So listen carefully. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came a wise man from the east Jerusalem saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Somebody say King. So Jesus is born King of the Jews and these are the wise men coming for we have seen the star in the east and are come to worship Him. We are come to honour Him. Another word for uh, 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 another word that is synonymous with, with honour is worship. We've come to worship Him. And when King Herod had heard these things, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem was with Him. So now they're very much aware that King Jesus is being born. Come on, are you with me? He's, he's the King. They know that the King of the Jews has been born and they were led. I know that the Bible says they were led by a star, but listen, the other part of it is that they were were led by something spiritual. It wasn't just a star. They knew to follow the star because there was something that instructed them to do so. And they knew that they were to come to honour the King. All right, so there's honour right there. Jesus comes out of His mother's womb and He is already being honoured. Are you with me? And then in verse uh, 10 and 11 in the same chapter there, it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Somebody say exceeding great joy. Come on, they, they were rejoicing with exceeding great joy. Luke chapter two, verse 14 says, good news, good will towards men, peace on earth. It was a declaration of the Messiah, a declaration that 
finally the man, the Messiah, the Christ is come into the earth and He is going to put away an end of an age which lasted 430 years and He's gonna bring us into everything that happened before that 430 years. What was 430 years? The age of the law. And by the way, let me just go and help you to just say this and this is gonna be in continuation, but I'll just throw it in here for free. When the Bible says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, we very quickly go over to, I believe it's Chronicles uh, or Deuteronomy, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter number 28. And we read from verse one to 14, if you, I will bless you. If you do this, I will bless you. If you do that, I'll bless you. And I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you in your coming. I'll bless you in your going. I'll bless you for doing this. I'll bless you for doing that. I'll bless you. If you, I will bless you. And then it goes in from verse 15 and it says, if you don't, I'm gonna curse you in the field. I'm gonna curse you here. I'm gonna curse you there. Everywhere you're gonna be cursed. Whatever you do is gonna be cursed if you don't do what I tell you to do. And uh, all of that whole uh, from verse one to 15 is based on the if you's or the if you don'ts. Are you with me? And when He says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, that means from verse one, all the way through, including the blessings part of that verse, because the covenant that He cut with us was not about the blessings that were in Moses, that was for Moses. The blessing in that chapter of Galatians chapter three, that speaks about the blessings that are our inheritance were not the first 14 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 28 that belongs to Moses for Moses' time, but it's got to do with the Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham. He says, in blessing Abraham, I will bless you. Somebody. And they were come with great exceeding joy. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And they opened up their treasures. And they came to worship. Uh, sorry, they, they brought their treasures. They presented. Somebody say presented. presented. Unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Oh, poor baby Jesus, lying in a manger. Says who? Yeah, he was born in a manger. He lived. Like he left everything that, that, that there is no comparison for on the earth to come down, to be born into a stable. But when he comes out of his mother's womb, are you with me? When he comes out of Mary, come on, are you with me? Uh, a seeded, the seed of God in man comes out of the mother's womb and already in preparation, there are men coming to honour him, which by the way, we read about the three. There were approximately, if you read a little bit more historically, there were probably about 300 that came to present gifts to him. And by the way, if you actually put a total together, read it, so, you know, some will say more, some will say less, but there is a large portion of theologians that will tell you that the approximate value, uh, and that was probably eight to 10 years ago, unless somebody did the update, but I'm gonna tell you right now, the approximate value of everything that was brought to the feet of Jesus was approximately 4 million US dollars. Yeah. Amen. 
Somebody say honor. honor. Honor will... <laughs> Let me not get ahead of myself. So what did they do? They brought gifts to the king. So it wasn't like the gifts that they brought made, any, made no sense. They, uh, kings and, and wise men and men of wealth or whoever came that brought gifts to Jesus, they didn't come and bring a gift that didn't match the title. Are you with me? That the, these kings and wise men brought gifts to a king. You don't present something else. Now I'm not talking about, this has not got to do with a monetary amount here. This is not what we're talking about here today. I'm trying to say that they came with gifts to honour a king and the gifts that they brought him made very much sense because he was the king. I mean, what gift would you bring the king? We're not talking about an earthly king. Gifts for the baby. Are you, are you following me here? Yes. Now, Proverbs 18 verse 16 says this. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men or kings. All right? A man's gift makes room for him. The word gift there is actually present, gifts, whatever. You know, that's what the word there, if you look it up, it actually means a present or a gift or a treasure of some sort. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. So what do you think the wise men were doing? They came bringing gifts. They came bringing their, their gift made room for them. And I don't care whether they ever got a dollar in a harvest in the form of a return on what they did, but it was in honour of Him. And do you know what? Every time you read about anybody that did anything in the Bible, are you with me? The fact that their names are even mentioned and maybe they didn't come in there by first name, but we call them the three wise men. Are you with me? But, but they, they are written in the canon of Scripture. That is honour enough to Find yourself in the portion and, the, and in the living word that you and I read that you can be put into that is honour and return. Are you with me? That, that what they did was deemed fit enough to be spoken of in the word. Come on. If you have your Bibles quickly, go with me to 1 Kings chapter number 10. I'm going to try and read as fast as I can here. Is this okay for anybody today? Yes. Now verse 1 and 2, and I'm reading this from the Amplified Version because I talk very softly and it needs to come out loud. <laughs> Some of you will get that. When the Queen of Sheba... Now... In the book of Matthew, it talks about the Queen of Sheba. Jesus actually even quotes her. He calls her the Queen of the South. <laughs> there was a television show about the Queen of the South and she wasn't a very godly queen. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, when the Queen of Sheba heard the constant connection 
the fame of, of the fame of Solomon uh, uh, with the name of the Lord. So in other words, Solomon was synonymous with the name of the Lord. That every time they attached Solomon, they attached the name of the Lord to him. In other words, that he was known for his wisdom and that he was uh, uh, with the Lord. Are you with me? So the anointing on Solomon's life was connected to people when they spoke about him. They said, surely this is a man of God and the Lord is with him. So when they when she heard about him, she heard about a man who was very close with the Lord and that's how they knew about him and they honored him Solomon because he was deeply acquainted with the Lord. Why? And he was known for what? Wisdom. The wisdom that Solomon walked in was supernatural. God gave him divine wisdom. Are you with me? So much so that they recognised it as being supernatural. Are you with me? Follow with me, please. Now, when the Queen of Sheba heard the constant connection of the fame of Solomon with the name of the Lord, she came to, to prove him with hard questions, with problems and riddles. So she wanted to... So isn't that funny that his name is connected with the Lord and she comes now because she wants to test what? His wisdom. But, 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 here's the deal. She was going to visit a king. Amen. So what does a queen do when she visits a king? Or what does a king do when he visits another king? They come bearing gifts. Does the king need any more gifts? I mean, let's just ask about Solomon right now. Solomon really needed more gold and more gifts, right? They honoured him. There are, there are right now in the Middle East, I mean, Solomon was so wealthy, he put the sheikhs to shame. Are you with me? But right now, when the sheikhs go and visit each other, they come with gifts. I mean, they are handing Rolls Royces. And now just listen, hear me out and don't become deaf of ear. I'm just trying to tell you what actually still goes on in the world today. Amen. They come with briefcases full of money. They come with diamonds that, that none of us, if we took up an offering, could afford even a quarter of. Amen. And they just throw it at the shake that they're going to see. And the guy that they give it to, he's like, oh, God bless you. Thank you so much. It goes into some little vault and warehouse, never probably to ever be opened again because they don't know what to do with all of it. Listen to me now. So she came to Jerusalem. Here's what the Queen does. She comes to Jerusalem, the Bible says, with a very great train. Choo-choo. No, not that kind of a train. All right? How many of you realise the thing on the front of the train is actually a locomotive? That's not the train. Everything that is behind the locomotive is the train. The locomotive is attached to the train that comes behind it. When, when, when the, the early weddings and whatever, when you hear about the woman's train, it's, you, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the bride, but the trail is everything that comes behind her bridal party and everybody. It's the train that 
follows the bride. Are you with me? And she brought a very large train. In other words, she came packing. She came with, with whatever horses and whatever they needed, an army or whatever. And the gifts, it wasn't like, hey, give me your banking account details. I want to do a transfer right now. So when they presented the king with gifts, it was actually things that were enormous and heavy and livestock, animals, spices, all, and you know, just everything. And it didn't come in a little box. Are you with me? Hey, here's a $50 gift card for you, Solomon. Are you with me? No, they came. It was big and they had to come. And that's why it was called a train. Stick with me now. In Isaiah chapter six, the Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, the Lord and the train of His robe filled the temple. What was the train? The train is actually the very glory. His train is glory. Oh, come on, somebody. The train of, His train filled the room. His glory filled the room. So God's train is made out of glory. Oh, oh, hallelujah. I'll say that one more time because I just don't feel like you heard it. You need to hear it one more time. God's train is made out of glory. Oh, come on, somebody. Mm. Hey, that's heavy duty right there. You know, Solomon is so rich, they're still making television shows about him trying to figure out how wealthy he was. How many of you realise National Geographic and all these history shows, they're still trying to calculate the riches of Solomon. Second Corinthians, let me just say how rich Solomon was. Is this okay? Solomon was so wealthy, copper and Metal and silver had zero value. Zero. They were worthless. Somebody say worthless. Because he didn't even deal with that. I mean, the beginning standard for Solomon was gold. I'm not making that up. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20, King Solomon's drinking vessels were made out of gold and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold, not just plated, they were of pure gold. Silver was not counted as anything in the days of Solomon. So I'm not just rambling stuff off for you, it's in the Bible. Zero value. And then we quickly go over to 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 10, if you're still there. And this is the Queen of Sheba. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices and a very great store and precious stones. Never again came such abundance of spices as these these the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Verse 13, King Solomon then now, now, and in between uh, verse 10, 11, 12, and then verse 13, which we're gonna get to, And it talks about the other things that she presented him with that the Bible says, never before anything of this magnitude has been seen. A 
And in the conversation that she's having with Solomon, she actually says to him and she's asking her hard questions and riddles to which he solved every one of them because he's anointed by God. She's coming with honour because she's heard about this man who is connected to God. She's coming to test him. She's bringing all this abundance like crazily. She's coming to honour him, but she's testing him and the Bible and she begins to talk back and she says, Oh, Solomon, surely everything that was told to me about you is the truth. And she says, they haven't even told me the half of it. And then she presents him with all her train. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. Solomon was a greater king than she was a queen. And even if she was married per se, and she had a king, let me just say, I'm just throwing this, just throwing this out here, that even if it was the king that came, Solomon was a greater king than that king. Are you with me? So the lesser blesses the greater. And then what does the greater do right back? The greater here, King Solomon, here presents his offering. King Solomon gave to the Queen of Sheba all. So let me say all. So there's no limits on what, all that she wanted, not that he presented to her. He gave her all she wanted. Come on now, somebody. And whatever she asked, besides his gifts to her from his royal bounty. How many of you know his royal bounty was pretty big? His royal bounty was the bounty that he went and when he, you know, when he opened a can of, of, uh, of uh, you know, never mind, we'll just stop right there. And he took, he plundered everybody else. Are you with me? That was his royal bounty. Amen. So she had whatever she wanted, plus he gave her from his royal bounty. And I believe, and I can't prove it to you, but I believe since he was greater than Sheba, that his offering in return to her was nothing compared to her offering to him. He gave her a greater offering. The emphasis here is trying to point out to what she brought to him and how great it was. Are you with me? That it was to be spoken about, but the lesser is greater. And you know what the Bible says concerning Jesus when He talks about the Queen of the South? He says, you know, you guys all talk about the Queen of the South, talking about the time when the Queen of the South talks uh, is with King Solomon. And Jesus in that same verse of Scripture turns around and says, surely I tell you, one greater than Solomon stands before you here today. Now listen, I mean, so a very, very rich queen gives to an already extremely wealthy king. Why do they do that? It's what kings and queens do. They honour each other. And he is, I mean, it is ridiculous. Come on, let's just agree. Can we agree Solomon was ridiculously wealthy? The queen was ridiculously wealthy. Did, Ab- did Solomon need the queen's gifts? No, he didn't need one single thing from her. Did she need any of his gifts in return? No. It was about honour. That's right, amen. 
And then Jesus comes to the table and He talks about that whole situation. And then He says, surely I tell you, one greater than Solomon stands before you here today. Come on, are you actually capturing the depth of what I'm trying to say here? And yet everything that he was could not be received because some people became familiar with the anointing because some people walked in doubt and unbelief. And by the way, I, I, I'm submitting this to you today, talking about kingly honour here today, just simply for one reason, not because I feel like, hey, you know, this is about a good time to start getting people to honour because we have a problem with honour here. I never will touch a subject if I even remotely think that what I'm saying is because I'm trying to deal with something in an atmosphere. I would prefer not to even talk about it. Amen. That's why I took the offering first because we're not trying to grab you by the ankles to try and get you to honour. We can't force honour. Honour is just something that you have to grab a hold of. We didn't ask for it. You know, I, I've got to be careful with what I say behind you and not because, because I, I don't, uh, you know, it's not, we never use the platform as a place of manipulation. Are you with me? But sometimes I talk about stories. One of those stories is that we have a broken washing machine and whatever. But you know, we get back home last week, Sunday, and somebody, we get a text and, and the Lord spoke to them and said, I want, I want you to buy them a brand new washer and a brand new dryer. And we said, no, we don't need, no, it's okay. God, the Lord said it's a gift from Him. Thank you, Jesus. Are you with me? And it's got nothing to do with monetary amounts here. Are you with me? I'm not bringing that up. I'm just saying that I've got to be careful because I'm telling you that, that, there, is, that, that there is a divine favour and, and you've got to walk in the fear of the Lord with that favour. Are you with me? And, and, and I'm not saying I'm anything special. The same favour on my life and our lives is the same favour that God wants to put along your life. And when you are walking in the position of honour will get you to do the most crazy things ever. Are you with me? Honour is what brought the woman with the alabaster box of precious ointment the equivalent of one whole year of wages. And she came to the feet of one greater than Solomon. She recognised who she was in front of. What could she bring the King so that she could show Him how much she honoured Him? She took something that was costly. The one translation that the Bible says the disciple says, what a waste. And the other translation, uh, Judas was irritated and not because he had any love for the poor, the Bible says, but because he had the money bags and he was pilfering from it. What a waste. Do you know what we could have done with that? No, you don't understand. The King of glory 
and majesty was here. In fact, the Bible says, listen, leave her alone. Jesus is basically saying, leave her alone. What she did was to honour me and what she did will forever be told in memory of her. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What you call a waste, He says, I call holy. Get that in your religious mindset. I'm saying this to stretch you here today, to show you the, 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 the honour, the honour of kings, the kingly anointing where God wants us to step up to. Let me just go ahead and say this. We have something great ahead of us as a body of believers, this church here. You understand? We're not just here. Come on. For the work that I have set before you, says the Lord, is anointed of me. For my hand and my favour rests upon it. For I am even preparing kings and queens, even in this house, that I shall bring such great abundance upon you. And know the Abundance is not for you and just for yourself. For surely, says the Lord, I shall allow you to be rewarded and step into it and partake of it. But says the Lord, the greater purpose is for the King and His Kingdom to be established through men and women that will make themselves available in this region. For in this house, I have a people that I am raising up with a voice and I shall begin to use. And even know this, says the Lord. I have even begun to use their voices for they do not even know and are unaware of that which they have already spoken. And the words that they have used have gone out and it has been like a healing bomb. And it is a healing bomb that is continuing to work in the hearers of those who have heard it. For in a short while you will see I am building my church, says the Lord, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. For something supernatural has already been released in this region, says God. And I'm going to cause you to go from glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. For no longer shall you know lack. For the Lord says, remove every spirit of limitation, every spirit of poverty that has tried to hold your mind captive, says the Spirit of the Lord. For I'm busting you out. I'm breaking you out from the north, the south, the east and the west. I shall enlarge you. I shall enlarge you. And that which seemed impossible in times past, God says, I'm going to cause it to become possible, says the Lord. I am bringing you into a new place. It is upon you, says the Lord. It is the kingdom here and it is the kingdom now in the name of Almighty Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua, the Son of the Most High God. Can we give Him a shout of praise? Oh. 
That's it. Yes, Jesus. the holy presence of the Lord. Something that you, you cannot conjure up. You can't tell God when to do, what not to do. That's why God's blessing this house. I say that with, with humility. We will not hinder the presence of God. I don't care And I mean this, I love you with all of my heart. At the same time, I'm saying, I don't care who you are. And and there's no lack of love in that statement. But we will not hinder the flow of the moving of the presence of God. It's it's vital. We, We cannot do without His glory. We cannot do without His presence. I'm telling you right now, if the church is void of the presence, then what is not a, it's, it's, it's void of the presence of God. It's an institution. It's a business. If the church is void of the presence of God, it is religion and it is a business by which they come every Sunday and sing cute songs and then take up an offering. It's a business and they're making money off of people. Sorry, I just might as well come and overturn some tables. I don't really care. God still loves the people in the church though. Just so we're clear. Not saying God loves every one of them. And He's so good that He will take anything that we give Him in order to try and get to us. but we don't want to accommodate Him on those terms. We want to accommodate Him on His terms, not ours. And I don't care if we stay just like this, but the reality is we're not. Because when the life of God is there, people will come. People are hungry. And the Lord is building this church. Yes. 
We don't have to give you 10 phone calls a week to make sure that you would come and sit down in the pew here or on a church chair every Sunday. You come here because you love God. You love Him because He first loved you. You love Him because you are sensing something supernatural. In fact, let me go ahead and try to describe this for some of you that of maybe, maybe of some later years is that you recognise something that you were once walking in in times gone by. There was once an environment where you sense the familiar anointing. You sense not that you're becoming familiar, that you sense a familiar. There's something familiar in the atmosphere and it is the glory of God, it is the moving of the anointing that is refreshing you. My children, am I not the God of more than enough? Have I not torn the storms into seas? Am I not the God who's going to take you through to victory? I say to you, my children, I love you. I love you. I love you. Come on to me, for I am your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. And we say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. We come to you. Thank you, Father, that you are speaking. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just telling you, I, I, I've made a decision. Nobody's going to be hungrier than I am. <laughs> I'm so hungry that I, you know, I'm disappearing. I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I promise you, I'm getting everything that I can from God. I want to fun. I want to fun. I mean, I'm telling you now, after this many years of ministry, I'm telling you, I want to have more than I ever have. And there's new revelation coming to me that is causing me to tap into that greater realm. And as I get it, I share it. Amen. But I just want to challenge you, even as the last thing I'm going to say here, is that you can't sit here and come in with baggage of religion or, 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 or just remember that it's, that it's very highly possible that, that if you're not tapping into everything that Jesus paid for for your life, that there might be some strongholds of ways of thinking that you still need to get your, your mind renewed to. And if we, if we can't even allow ourselves to say, Lord, teach me, speak to me, humble me. If we can't position ourselves there, then we stay stagnant. We'll never be able to grow. Never. What are you talking about? I'm talking about following the cloud of God's glory. When the cloud moves, we move with the cloud. We don't stay under the heat of the, uh, of the day. And then as Christians, you know how many people are, are serving God, but they're not under the cloud. They're in the heat of the day. They look like they're dried up raisins. And, and honestly, and 
I'm sorry, I don't mean to be funny, but they look like they were baptised in lemon juice. Because they didn't follow the cloud. Because when you're under the cloud, there's shade. It is funny, don't worry. I agree with you, it's hilarious. But... But the, follow the cloud, where, you, where the cloud, in, in, the, in the nighttime, we, get, we go next to the pillar of fire. In the daytime, we, we follow the cloud. We don't camp somewhere where the cloud isn't. And that's where the church is at. The cloud's moved and we're still somewhere over here. Or we're like still living in Moses when we're in Christ and we have the blessing of Abraham. And somehow we're still like fighting with the church to get out of Moses and get into Christ. Somebody say this, I am am. not in Moses. Moses. Say, I am am. in Christ, Christ. therefore Therefore. in Abraham. Abraham. Come, it's okay, don't apologise. I'm done here, but you know, just want to make sure. I just want to make sure you're done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on. That's it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead. I was waiting for you. Even though I didn't know, I was waiting for you, but now I know. Yes. With 
with real change and with, with real battle-hardened armor because we Thank all you, have Lord. armor underneath all the soft stuff that we hold on to. We have that armor of God. It's not, Lord, will you? It's, Lord, you have already, yes. and I said yes. yes. Amen. So if we're willing to that's take right. the, the things that so easily beset us and that weigh yeah. us down, instead of holding and trying to wade water, this is what I saw. I'll just do it because I saw it. Dude, it was yeah. this right here, like we were taking stuff off and wading through his, his waters like, Thank Lord, you, I'm Jesus. doing it right, I'm obeying, I'm obedient, I'm up here, I'm in your water, God. But if I dunk my head, will I hear again? Will I see again? Will I, will I be able to do what you're asking me to do? Will I be able to walk? And this is hard to hold, this is hard to, to my arms are getting tired, my back's starting to hurt, my back always hurts, God. Thank What's you, going Jesus. on with this? And he's like, put it down, boy. Amen. And so we got to just let it go Go here. And so I'm saying, okay, that's enough. Now I'll go back to the bank where I left my stuff. Because a few steps further, we have no, no choice but to go under the water, under Amen. the fire, and be refined. And that yes. stuff burns you, up, Jesus. and then we're free. And then we're free. Amen. Yeah, that's what this house is cultivating. That's what the Lord finally showed me was it's the refiner's fire. It's the river. It's people that's come right. because they Thank hear you, water rushing, but they don't understand it's fire. Yes. It's Amen. Water cleans, fire purifies. And so it's like, Lord, we want both. We want the water and the fire. It's like, that's why I draw men with a cup of water and say, drink from the well that never runs dry. But I lead them to the refiner's fire because that's where I really do some things. Amen. And so that's what, that's what this house is doing. And that's Amen. what this message did for me. And I kept hearing gold and pure gold and Solomon's riches. And it was because of the fire of God. Everything that Solomon had in his temple, all, uh, in, his, in his castle or whatever, his entire thing was gold. Why? Because it was echoing the magnitude, yeah. the purity, the beauty that God had given to him. Yeah. Because within a moment, he was ready to give away whatever was asked of him. Yes. That's what hit me. I couldn't do it. Amen. It was like Solomon said, whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. And immediately I heard, I don't, what if she asked for everything? What if she asked for all of it? Solomon knew his source. Yeah. Amen. I bless you in your coming and your going. I pray that the anointing that is here is not stuck here. What we experience is a corporate anointing with a corporate house, a corporate people, that it is just simply the tangible presence of God that resides in every single one of us. And when you walk out of this place, you can live here. You can walk in this realm. So as you go out, don't allow the world to suck you back in and take you out. That's why we fellowship. That's why we do life together. That's why we're a family here. That's why we love each other. Because we want to remain here. We want to remain in this atmosphere. Amen. So I bless you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in the name of Jesus. We break every assignment of the enemy that is trying to be set up against you in advance right now in the name of Jesus. The angels of the Lord are dispatched to you on your left and your right. The angels of the Lord, Cody Arsenault, are with you 
in the hospital, that you are being restored and you have already been restored and are continuously being restored by the anointing of Yahweh in your bedroom right now in the Name of Jesus. And we prophesy that you'll be running around this building here soon. You'll be running around the building in Jesus' Name. Running. Hallelujah. We speak life over everybody here. We speak life. That that the energy and life of God, His life, His very life, the tangible substance of who He is, permeates you, producing for you what it needs to produce. If it's your physical body, it produces life that anything that is outside of the light and life of God is eradicated in Jesus' Name. Be blessed, go out in joy and peace. Have a phenomenal Sunday. We love you, family. Jackie, come on up. Or if you can talk loud enough, that's fine, but I don't want you to do that. All right, we'll have one more for the road. Come on, Miss Jackie. Come on. Hallelujah. That's what He's telling you. Can outgive God. Amen. Come on, that's the truth. Let me just say, this is a holy thing. You can't, you can't make people say this kind of stuff. I'm just saying. All right. Be blessed. Somebody say, it's about to get wild. Hallelujah. Go in the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.